Go Loud presents Murder Most Irish. because I'm just going to be waiting for something to happen in this video. Can't you just turn this video off? Yeah, you can turn it. He doesn't want to look. He's doing <laughs> This is like one of those weird cams. It's so weird. Look at him. Look at him. Like, looking over. Still, I can't do this. He needs to turn his screen off. <laughs> something, something scary is going to oh, happen. <laughs> what are you doing? He's turned his oh. <laughs> I don't want to hold my phone up because I have to read from a laptop. That's okay. I have a sneeze. I'm not holding this up. It's just leaning on a pillow in front of me. How are you, love? How was work? I'm good. Uh, yeah. yeah, work was all right. Um, loads and loads and loads gone on. I have to tell you tomorrow, you'll be actually creasing oh. yourself laughing because fucking Jim has lost the plot in work. Really? Yeah, like there's just like <laughs> he keeps doing this thing where he's telling everybody that he's mellowed out. But uh, I sent this picture to... Yeah, he fucking has a mellowed out. I think he's just doing... I know for a fact that this is one of his strategies, because he told me a long time ago, that one of his strategies is just to repeat things that he wants people to believe, even if it's not true. Just keep at it. Keep at it. So he just keeps putting it into, like, conversation and work, and he's like, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, because... Hilarious, Sarah. And I'm like... So one of the things he keeps saying is that he's mellowed out, and I'm like, you have absolutely not mellowed out and I sent this to Taryn and you today it's like a TikTok I don't know if you can see my screen uh oh I can't huh? oh hold on I'd be thinking I'm changing until I get mad whole yeah. time I'm still crazy <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's literally dream. it's like he's always like I've mellowed I've mellowed and then something happens and it's like no you haven't like yeah you're still a fucking nut job um but yeah, work is fine. I think as well as, like, as I said, I told Tiernan and I need another holiday and he was like, would you ever go and fuck off? No, but Japan's opening. Yeah, Japan's opening. I'm so yeah. excited. We have to book it. So let's go to Japan. If it stays open, I don't know. It might not, for sure. I think it will. You think so? I think everybody's done with COVID, to be honest. Yeah, everybody's just like, ah, it's over. I don't even think it, like I think it's that thing of like it's over but it's not over because even yeah. work it's on like it's fifth wave or something we have loads of people out with COVID oh really Sarah yeah yeah but just no one's talking about it and people aren't really getting tested and if they are they're just doing antigen tests they're not informing the yeah so it's um but yeah I'm like working from home is so weird like I can't concentrate at all I'm the opposite I can concentrate at home but not in work <laughs> oh, I can't concentrate at home at all like I was just walking around today and then I had a I had a Prosecco and some orange juice at like 2 o'clock in the day yeah but I just think that's because you're in Scotland 
It is. I feel like I'm on a break, but I'm not. Yeah, because when you, you're after getting on a plane, like even yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like do you know the day when I was going to Belfast, I went to Belfast for work and I got yeah. there. I said to Jim, I'm after getting my work boots and my high vis and everything. And he was like, why? And I was like, Jim, I'm in holiday. I'm on holidays. And he holiday. was like, yep. no, you're not. You're in Belfast for work. And I was like, no, I'm, in, Here, I'm on when holidays. Are we going to, when are we going to Belfast to get pierced? Uh, when you come back, let's go. Okay, like, let's go. Um, Tiernan wants us to go up and he wants to bring us, he wants to go back to that place of the pizza where Jim really ruined our night. <laughs> All right, okay, let's do it. Um, and he was like, get Emma to come up on my will. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, um, we should definitely do that because I know I was saying that I wanted to get that helix piercing, that thing. Remember the picture I showed you? Yeah, and I want to get like a cuff piercing. Oh, nice. Um, on this year I do and then I want to buy some new jewellery but yeah I'll definitely yeah. I might get my, I was thinking about getting my septum pierced but I just take it out like I've had it done twice before and then like after like a couple of weeks I'm like I'll take this out does it just annoy you or no I think it's that thing of like sometimes I want it in and then there are other times for work in particular where I wouldn't leave it in like where you flip it up yeah I might I might do it um that one that you go blip up it goes but um yeah so like definitely when you come home we'll figure out like what story is and we could go that could be one of the drives we do where we drive up the road idea, yeah. like, we, we're definitely going to need to get new microphones yeah well Colin has that microphone so we'll just use that one I'm so tired, Are you really tired? Yeah. welcome to this week's episode by the way we haven't said that hi everybody welcome to this week's episode of Murder Most Irish <laughs> we're recording on Squadcast we are because I'm in Edinburgh but Sarah's coming to Edinburgh tomorrow and yeah. we're going to have dinner and then you're going to a gig I'm going to the smile the smile and then you're home Thursday are you? yeah but I don't come home until like 10 o'clock at night oh wow that's late dude um so yeah but I wanted to like I know we're like technically it's three days but one of them is the night is all spent in fucking at that night. gig so like uh, I've never be, be ready for a lot of hills now just FYI I know. I'm going to get a mobility scooter like Colin's dad. Fucking hilly place, I swear to God. We were walking around the other day and I was like, I am over this. Is that why you got the runners? Tell people about the runners. I bought for the first time in my life a pair of Skechers because I need to start wearing runners. <laughs> like, I just need to start wearing comfortable shoes because it's really bad. Like, my feet are getting worse and worse and worse because I'm old. And then um, Flavio was like, we'll just go to Skechers. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he was like, this is the most comfortable ones. And I was like, okay. And then I walked in and I saw these green ones. And I was like, I actually like these. And then you yeah, they're have the ones. Them. Whenever I wear now, mine are slightly different. So see the way yours are all seafoam green? Yeah. Mine are seafoam green, but with a white sole. Ah, okay. Because like, like, it's like walking on a cloud. Yeah, my ones hurt me because I have really flat feet. So like when I put arch support on, it kind of hurts. But I wear them all the time because they're really nice. But whenever I wear them, which isn't like I'm, I've so many runners. So like you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Um, but whenever I wear them, you're always like, oh my god, I love your runners. They're so cute and they're such a nice yeah. color. And the last time I wore them, I think you were like, I'm gonna get a pair. Yeah, um, like, I just would like to know what the fuck Flavio puts in your food when you were in Scotland. <laughs> Like, he's just very he's very persuasive he's very good at, at being like she's so we went in and he was like just try them on and i was like okay and then when i tried them on i walked around i was like oh my god comfort because i don't feel comfortable with my shoes ever you ever seen that episode of malcolm in the middle where um what's the mom's name lois gets or 
orth- orthopedics in her oh shoes. yeah 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 and then Hal's at the back setting him on fire because he's like oh she doesn't need me anymore <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no I don't know what I'm gonna wear them with I don't know how I'm gonna but I guess like what I want to do is I want to start walking more so maybe when I'm walking I'll just wear them that's it I guess what they look really nice with like your jeans yeah that you wear they look really nice with that like denim jumpsuit you have oh um, yeah I never thought of that they look really nice. I'm trying to think of all your... They look really nice with that orange suit that you have that you wore in... Um, oh, yeah, they would actually in New York. Um, yeah, like if you have like a seafoam green bag as well or a white bag, yeah, they look they really nice. Really um, there's we'll just certain them. things that they won't go with. Like they won't go with your... Um, what you call that dress? That Irish dancing dress that you have. Oh, my hippie shake dress. Yeah, I think the hippie shake stuff they might not go with, but I think an awful lot of your Zara stuff. Um, yeah, I they just definitely think that go. I can Don't like that really nice yellow check suit. Oh yeah, the, with the white socks, they'd look yeah, really yeah, cute. Yeah, they'd look really cute with that. Yeah, no, I love you look them. Like they're, Lily so, Allen. they're so soft. I'm. I have been converted to Skechers. Good. I'm delighted. I'm a, con- I'm a convert. Um, but yeah, so because Sarah, this place is so fucking hilly. Oh my god, like. Yeah, Graham will rub my feet because he's a nice husband. He's a good man. Oh, James, he's a good man. He doesn't beat me. Um, <laughs> Jesus literally, Christ. my parents the definitely hell, a good man. The oh, he, he's never hit her in the face, and he's never thrown any gels out the window. What a good husband! Right. Oh, I gotta say, um, congratulations to my sister Becky and her fiance <sighs> Daniel. They got engaged. Sorry, We're can really I just say that's a reading. terrible, terrible segue. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. Also, you were like a man beating me. And then I was like, congratulations to my sister who got engaged. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy for her. Uh, her ring is beautiful and Dan's great. So congratulations, Becky. Congratulations, Dan and Becky. Her ring is beautiful. Is like so funny. nice. And she looks so happy in the pictures. She put she pictures did. up and I was like, oh my she, God. She rang me and then she was like, can you put your phone to video? And I was like, yeah. And then I could see it. She was in, she was in complete shock. She didn't know. She was just like, I don't know what's happening. And I'm like, it's fine. You're okay. You're okay. Like, she was just in total shock. She kept saying to me she felt sick. Oh. <laughs> I feel sick. I feel sick. I'm like, it's okay. But yeah, I'm delighted for her now. We're all over the moon. A day out. Day out, lads. A day out. I better be going. I've decided I'm buying a 1970s sequin suit. Hey, do you know what I really want you to help me get, but I think I'm going to have to get it made? What? So I want a two-piece, but I want it. It's like a '60s one that I have that I seen, but like it definitely will not be in my size. But okay. it's essentially, you know, those '60s cut of trousers that have that like they're almost three-quarter length, but they've got that like little flare at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. Yes, them. And then I want the the two-piece on top to be a long shirt with buttons that just goes to the like um, waist of the trouser to be okay. in the exact same material. Oh, nice. And to be very long. Like, I'll see if I can get a picture of what I want. But I'm going to have to get a maid. But if I'm going to Becky's wedding, that's what I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll go. That's the seamstress down in Bally Farmer. She's great. She can get her to make it. Yeah, so I was thinking for Lorraine's wedding. But then I was also thinking if we go to those podcast awards, I could wear to that. Lads, we've entered the Irish podcast awards. Yeah. We don't even know if we're going to get nominated. Uh, they're probably like, they're shite. Oh, but no, but they messaged do, us. To they did. Us. A really nice guy, actually. Yeah, messaged us to be like, you guys should definitely jo- go for it. So, um, 
if there's that's, a voting that's a, thing, you, that's have a good to, sign. you have to vote for us. But I don't know if there's a voting thing. I think they just pick. That seems like it could be easily fixed. So that's like why I could I think start a podcast awards tomorrow and be like, <laughs> and the panel is me, Emma. Yeah, but I, I also feel like that's probably the reason we're not going to win is because they're going to be like, this is shy. Whereas <laughs> if people voted for us, people are lovely. So they'd be like, we'll just vote for you, you know? So, but anyway, mm-hmm. we, don't, we never know. We might get in. You never know, lads. Um, it's been a terrible week. I just don't want to talk about what happened. Just so nope. everybody's aware. It's been a horrid week, but I'm going to make it worse. I know you are. I know what you're doing. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'm so um, sorry. But it's not like, I just wanted to talk about it now because we haven't said anything about it. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. What, like, why didn't. It's just like, I know Beyond we talked about it on Patreon, but like yeah. even on the Patreon, as Colin said in the last little conversation we had with Collie it was like it just got really bleak and it was bleak and there was nothing we could say that would make it not bleak it's beyond bleak like you're having these conversations every three weeks now because you know during COVID it wasn't happening which is just such a bizarre thing it was like during COVID these things these these conversations weren't being had because most places were closed but now that things are opened up again it's just gone back to the exact same way that it was nothing has changed and it's yeah. so unbelievably sad and we're just so sorry to the families of those poor children like I can't can't wrap my head around a dude don't understand fully do not understand what the fuck's going on and I honest to god hope Ted Cruz dies roaring I hope, I hope Ted roaring. Cruz I hope he dies roaring and that is not Absolutely. a fact dies roaring because he is and I tell you evil evil just evil pure evil that man like he is did you see him getting accosted at a restaurant by a guy? Um, no, I seen the the one where the guy from BBC asked him yeah. like, "Why is this only happening?" And he's in like, country? "Oh, I know, I know your political agenda." And the guy's like, "What political agenda? I'm English. I don't have a fucking yeah. political agenda with you." But I know there was another video of a man walking up to him in a restaurant and being like, "You, nineteen children are dead. Nineteen children are dead, and you're doing nothing." And the wait staff are like holding him back, and then Ted Cruz is just smiling at him, and then just waves goodbye to him. <sighs> He is just like he's taken more money from the yeah. NRA than any yeah. other politician in the history of yeah. like nothing like the American nothing, state. Nothing matters to these people. Like nothing matters to like No, and I think that's the thing. Like I think people like and we could talk about politics all day long, right? And we could talk about that. Like every politician gets into it for a job. Like it's yeah. not a calling. It's no, literally it's like funny. I can make this amount of money um and there are very few that if they like the calling or whatever you fucking want to say like yeah. actually get into it for like what they want it like yeah. to make a change um it's money and well, power sir like the two most like, powerful like that man is literally in no way representing the people of texas like not at all it's fucking insanity um and he's so incredibly evil um just, he's one of those people that honestly like gun violence if they shot him, I'd be okay with it. I'd be like, yeah, blow him off. But he just, he's pure evil. Like, and, and I know it's, it's not because I want anybody to die. It's because like his, his like righteousness is literally yeah. ruining people's lives and literally. killing children. Yeah. And if a parent of one of those children did something as awful as assassinate a, another person, I and if it was him, I'd be like, I get it. Because if yeah, I was living in Texas and this guy was waving at people who were like 19 children are dead and you're taking money off the NRA and the National like Rifle Association is having their convention up the road where they're selling automatic weapons at yeah. 
like and just, you're like everybody has their right it's like they don't like you're actually you're just doing this because you're a scumbag and you want money like he is when I tell you felt so I do like yeah it, this episode's gonna be a tough one I know what Emma's gonna it talk is, about yeah. she sent me a message today and I was like okay gonna cry um, I'm sorry I'm sorry in advance <laughs> but um we are really sorry and like I, it, it just feels like if you can if any, like I just don't know what we can do. That's what I. No. I don't even know what the American what people is. can do. That's what I mean. It's the hopelessness of it. It's like yeah. I don't. I don't know what to say anymore. What do you say? How many times can you say this is awful? We're sorry. Uh, stop guns, and then it just two weeks later it goes back to the same thing that happened. Yeah, it just is utterly hopeless. So Did you see that guy that got up at the NRA. I just had to like the guy that got up and said, "Um, I did, the president of the NRA has like a French name." Okay. Like or something. And this guy got up and like during it was you know one of those like convention things where people yeah. can like get up and question. Yeah. And he pretended to be like so he was like this guy like you guys are doing everything you can do and like you guys have done so much and he's like, given so many hopes and prayers to all these people and he just kept like going down this route of like and they yeah. met like the amount of hopes and prayers like we can do something we can have we can give hopes and prayers like, we can do so much and people in that like people applauded him and the guy that oh was like God. the uh, his name is Pierre something but the guy was just like like he could tell he was like he could tell like, statistic. yeah but like everybody else around him was like yeah we're so good like yeah it takes it like imagine, I was like imagine like a gun being your whole personality like that's your whole personality is owning a firearm mm-hmm it's the most bizarre thing in the entire universe. Like that's your hobby. Shooting things is your hobby. Not even like a firearm. Not even. No. Like, not even. Not like a. Like, not like a, a handgun. A fucking like AK forty seven. An AK forty seven. Like not even like uh, you know. If and I and like even the ha- this whole thing of like uh, my land and I'll protect it. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you like, talking about? What are you talking about? But like, this is what the NRA have done. They've implanted this thing in people's brains that it's all like freedom and my land and my house and my home. It's all this bullshit that they've implanted in people's brains. And I'm like, y'all are fucking insane if you listen to any of this. Like, it's madness. And the amount of children that could have been saved if the Texas yeah. police had done their job. Done their job. And then released a statement saying they did everything that they could. Yeah, and then the next day we're like, no, we made some mistakes. Um, there was people in that room that were on to the 999 dispatchers. Yeah. They were just, they were called inside. emergency services. Yeah. Um, but it's, sad. Yeah, it's, so it's, sad. Not, it's not even sad. It's beyond sad. I don't even know what word to describe it as. It's horrific. And I'm so sorry. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's bad, man. Sad times. Very bad. Like, as I said, someone in work was like, what do you think of everything? And I was like, Lily is seven and there are children in, in, in school in America currently doing active shooter. Yeah. Uh, drills. Like, with like, like um, seven seven yeah, with, with bulletproof uh, things on their school bags with bulletproof panels in the back of their school bags I watched um, so in, on TikTok it starts trend but like teachers in school in America who were showing the thing, the things they do to keep themselves safe and they were like the school hasn't provided any of this so they meant to them they had like battering rams so that the doors couldn't be opened into their classroom <sighs> Uh, kept their blinds down at all time in their classroom so if there was an active shooter they wouldn't know there was anybody in there um, 
they had uh, like backpacks that had those bulletproof uh, pieces yeah. put in them in the front and in the back. And then they were like, this is all stuff that I've gotten myself because the school don't provide any of this. Okay, like they do active yeah. shooter drill training, but they don't provide any equipment. It's just, I can't. Dude, I can't. I can't understand any of it. Like, I genuinely just don't know what the fuck is going on. If you want an abortion, like, you can't have one of them. You're not getting one of those. But as soon as it's a kid out in the world, we don't mind if we get shot in school. We'll just blow your fucking kids' brains out, but, like, you can't get an abortion. Yeah. Anyway, everything is awful. I hope everybody's having a somewhat semi-good week because the world is a nightmare and everything is awful. Um, Yeah. But I have a little bit of housekeeping. Housekeeping? Because Colin and I just had an argument about this, but this is what he told me when he came into my bedroom. It's Colin went to my chemical romance the other night on the Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember. And he came back and he was locked. Him and Craig were fucking pissed. And they came into my room and they were like, hey, and we met this girl. We were leaving my chemical romance and there was a girl at the gate and she had bracelets and she gave us bracelets. And then when she gave us the bracelets, she was like, oh, are you Colin? Are you Craig? They were like, yeah. And he, she was like, I love your podcast. And are the girls here and stuff? And he, she, they were like, no. So they gave him the bracelets. So I have a bracelet for you, Sarah Jane. Um, but that's not the story he told me. That's, that's the story he told me. And now he's telling me that's not what happened. Is that they were walking out and somebody, Emer stopped them and was like, hey, are you calling Craig? But that's not what happened because that's not what he told me initially. So um, just to say thank you so much to Emer for the bracelets. They're adorable. I have one for Sarah and I'll give it to her. And you're so kind. And um, we hope you had a lovely time at the My Chemical Romances. And you did yeah, we hope you had the best time. And you had a great time and he got booed because he mentioned the Queen and it was gas. <laughs> and he mentioned the Queen, it's queen and everybody said, gave him. He said, you're the Queen. You're Yuppa! Yuppa, no queen. Um, but is there any other housekeeping? Uh, Patreon still a thing? If you want to do that, I don't know. Um, I don't want any other. I don't think I have any other housekeeping. Do I? Do you have any? No, I don't have any. It's been quite like, honestly, all my tweets have been about how annoyed and horrified I am about what's been going on. So, oh, like, all of my tweets back are just like, you know, people retweeting or. um no I've no housekeeping at all and I haven't really been checking in on the Facebook page um because I've just been staying off Facebook because it's too upsetting um but uh, yeah people were sharing the the Dublin airport stuff on the Facebook um lads Scarlet for Ireland Scarlet for us like at this point yeah Anybody going to the airport? I hope uh, you get through. <laughs> it all goes I'm going to the airport tomorrow. Me, that is just madness. Like, yeah, but you're going to be grand. You're going to have like a good time, I think. Yeah, I think so too. You know? um, so no, like I don't have any housekeeping. My sister sent me, my sister's so funny, she sent me a message to be like, why'd you put me down as a reference on a podcast? I'd be sure. Um, <laughs> so, Heffernan. I just have to quote that Michaela gave me no information about last week's episode. Um, <laughs> none whatsoever. That's my only housekeeping. Um, <laughs> but, and then um, someone was giving out to us on Instagram to say that the episode was too long. I was like, it's a long what? story. Yeah, someone on their Instagram was like, underneath one of the pictures was like, I was getting annoyed at you because the episode was so long, but I was like, that no, she was getting, no, 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 no. She was getting annoyed at us because we were gone for so long. 
Oh, I thought she meant because we were going yeah. on for so long in the thing. She was like, no, she was like, I got annoyed because these were gone for so long. Oh, because I was oh. like, that story, I couldn't have done it any shorter. There was one point I thought no, it was going to be a two-parter. It's a long uh, story. No, no, I know that girl. She was just saying that because uh, I, I said we're back. Sorry, we've been gone so long. And she was like, I was getting, kind of getting annoyed at you because you were gone for so long. Because Graham, ta- Graham gave out to me tonight. It was too long as well. Well, Graham, don't listen then, eh? said I don't have that much time because I was like do you listen to a new episode and he was like what is it one hour and 40 minutes or something it's over that I think it's only two hours and I was like it's not I can do about it it's a long story and we haven't been on the podcast because we've been away yeah. and he was like I only get 20 minutes a day to listen to a podcast and I was like sorry like, well, sorry about it listen to it Graham Joseph Letty I don't know his middle name but Graham Letty uh, Paul Paul, of course it is. Um, yeah, it's like no, Colin. No, it's Colin. Colin is Colin Peter, and then Peter is Peter Edward, and then their dad is Peter. Because you got to put his name yeah. in every child. Every every child. Every child needs to have that name. But it's like that. Sorry, I'm drinking tea. I'm sure everybody can hear it, but like they can all get over. <laughs> Fuck y'all. I'm not using my Scottish mug as well. You're some woman. You're some Sorry. Woman. Are you from Northern Ireland? Um, You're some woman. Some woman. Um, all right, are we starting the story? Hey, Colin, tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximum bell bag and some surprises along the way but that's not all every single week due to popular demand we will be bringing you a full length story whether it be miscellaneous most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show murder most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for or even music most awesome where we talk about our favourite albums but wait there's even more how about MMI Drive the fan favourite podcast show where MNC Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite plus our monthly Ask Me Arse segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two. So what are you waiting for? Come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euros. Okay, so my story this week, keeping on horrific theme. For the, the week that's in it is going to be the Dunblane Massacre, um, which happened at a time, I think, in, in our lives anyway, that was very, um, it's very, you remember it. Everything about it is like buried in your brain because it was such a horrific thing to happen and we weren't used to these type of things. Um, so I remember it clear as day. I remember this happening. Um, and I wish I didn't because that's not something you want to remember from your childhood, you know, but unfortunately it it did happen. So um, my references this week are from the independent.co.uk, from Wikipedia, from the heraldscotland.com, from the dailyrecord.co.uk. 
um, from, sorry, from crime and investigation, crime and investigation.co.uk. And I got another couple of articles from the independent.co.uk and the Irish independent as well. And there's actually a documentary, I believe on BBC that, um, what's that lady's name? She's the Scottish lady. She does all the interviews. Scottish lady that does all the interviews. Lorraine Kelly. Lorraine. Lorraine Kelly. So she did. Kelly did a fucking documentary. Yeah, she did. But she used to be a journalist. She used to be like a broadcast journalist. So she like, did can you see my growler or Lorraine Kelly? Yeah, I can see my growler. Yeah, Lorraine <laughs> Kelly. She used to do, um, she did a Serious work? Yeah, she's, she's a serious lady. She's just very sweet and very small. She's like, talks like a she talks like, um, she talks like Mrs. Delphire. She does. Um, so obviously massive, massive, huge trigger warnings for um, gun violence, for the murder of literal children, um, Just and obviously mentions as well of child sexual abuse. So just please, if this is, because this is horrific, and I don't, obviously we've got younger listeners, they might not remember Dunplain, so if this is something that you're not comfortable with, please please don't listen. I don't want to upset anybody. Obviously, and especially after what's happened, but I just wanted to do this because I wanted to show how when something like this happens, this is the reaction there should be. And yeah, so I think that's a really, really important point. It's like, yeah. I think a lot of times people who are from America yeah. think this doesn't happen or has never yeah. happened anywhere else. Yeah, and it's happened exactly. elsewhere and the correct measures if the correct measures are followed out it will never happen again it won't happen again um so yeah that's mainly why i wanted to do this story because there's this idea that like you know oh this if this happens it's in america you know america it happens in all other countries it happens everywhere i'm like okay it may have happened at some point somewhere but things were put in place that five-year-olds weren't being murdered with guns so anyway so i'll start so on the 13th of march sir can you hear me okay yeah yeah, I can hear you fine. Perfect, yeah. So on the 13th of March, 1996, at 8.20am, 43-year-old Thomas Hamilton left his house. A neighbour who lived on Kent Road in Stirling, next door to Hamilton, watched as Thomas scraped ice off the windshield of his van. The neighbour then saw Hamilton climb into his van and drive off. Hamilton drove five miles from the town of Stirling to a rural town which was a very, very close-knit small town of about 10,000 people in the centre of Scotland, known as Dunblane. So at 9.30 a.m., he arrived on the grounds of Dunblane Primary School. The children's day had begun a mere 30 minutes earlier, and they sat in their classrooms ready for lessons. Hamilton parked near a telegraph pole, got out of his van, and with a pair of pliers, cut the telephone wires that serviced the sleepy town. Unbeknownst to the children and teachers in Dunblane National School, Thomas Hamilton had entered the school through an unlocked door that led into the gymnasium. A PE class was taking place in the gym, that's physical education, right on, I think Americans call it it gym, with 45-year-old teacher Gwen Mayer leading a class of 28 pupils in total, 25 of which were five-year-olds and three of which were six-year-olds. So as they played and laughed, Thomas Hamilton, armed with four handguns, two 9mm Browning HP pistols and two Smith & Wesson M19 .357 Magnum revolvers and over 730 rounds of ammunition, he walked in and opened fire. The horror that would occur on that day in March in Dunblane, Scotland would leave pain in its wake for decades to come. 
So this dude, I'm not going to talk about him too much because to be perfectly honest with him, he's just a piece of shit and I don't need to be like looking for reasons as to why he murdered a bunch of children. So on the, on the 10th of May, 1952, Thomas Hamilton was born in Glasgow, Scotland. At the age of 20, he became an assistant Boy Scout leader. However, complaints began almost immediately with regards to Hamilton's, quote, inappropriate behavior towards the boys. Hamilton had taken photos of the young boys in his care, which, sorry, whilst they were semi-naked. Hamilton would then, yeah, he would then display these pictures in his home and proudly show them to anyone who visited. Now, he didn't have a lot of visitors. Yeah, because he was a fucking weirdo and everyone knew he was a weirdo. So people like, you know, that will come to read his gas meter or like things like that. He would like show them these pictures of semi-naked boys on his, on his wall. And what he would do is he would get them to play like, um, sports like football and he would make them take off their shirts and he would say oh the boy with the biggest chest is going to be the captain so he was doing these really fucking weird games with them and stuff so during his time as a leader in the fourth to sixth sterling of the scout association complaints were made um of hamilton making the boys sleep in close proximity to him in his van after nature walks so Two years no, later, no, you know, on May 13th, 1974, Hamilton was removed from the Scouts completely and blacklisted by the organization due to, quote, the suspicions of his moral intention towards boys. But no one called the police. Nope. Um, he used to like, remember that thing where I mentioned he would take semi-naked pictures of them. He would like bring them swimming and he would be really aggressive and be like, you're not allowed to wear like any t-shirts. You have to only wear like your underwear in the water and stuff he was a fucking pervert Sarah he's a pedophile yeah so Hamilton was enraged believing that he was being attacked and vilified when he had done absolutely nothing wrong he believed the scouts were persecuting him and he would carry this indignation with him for 20 years so seven days before Thomas Hamilton walked into Dunblane Primary School he had written to Queen Elizabeth asking her to clear his name okay <laughs> crazy person Hamilton had written countless letters I mean, she over did it for that other guy she did she did it for her son so Hamilton had written countless letters over the 20 years since his expulsion from the Scouts one such letter mentions the teachers and educators in Dunblane okay so it's important to note when he was kicked out of the Scouts he kept trying to get back into the Scouts and they were like no and then what he did is he tried to get into sports organizations within schools and then the schools were like we know who you are you're not getting in here so he tried to get into Dunblane and they were like no okay so Hamilton wrote a letter to regional education convener Dr. Robert Ball in which he stated quote at Dunblane primary school where the teachers have contaminated all the older boys with this poison even former cleaners and dinner ladies have been told by teachers at the school that I am a pervert There have been reports at many schools of our boys being rounded up by the staff and even warnings given to the entire schools by head teachers during assembly. Which, yeah, they're right. Hamilton said that these supposed lies had not only ruined his career, but his reputation, gaining him the nickname Mr. Creepy in the local area. So from another letter of a total of eight letters that Hamilton sent over 20 years, he wrote, quote, I have no criminal record nor have I ever, ever been accused of sexual child abuse by any child, and I am not a pervert. I have always run my clubs in a fair, proper, and competent manner and ensured that no child or parent has any proper or legitimate complaint. 
Nevertheless, this defamation coming from the respected source of local primary school staff has caused untold problems everywhere within the region and beyond. Like, sir, you are making little boys um, get naked and taking pictures of them and then putting it up on your wall. Yeah. Like, no, like everybody knows you're a fucking pervert and people were trying to protect their kids. So Hamilton, unable to gain employment and unable to join any sports and social clubs, decided to join a gun club as a hobby. So he amassed a large collection of weapons and according to the documentary, Murders and Their Mothers, the fascination with the guns became perverse. So psychoanalyst Peter Alward said, quote, his relationships with guns took a perverse turn. He used to talk to the guns as if they were children. Oh God. It's as if the guns, yeah, it's as if, as if the guns replaced the children that he tried to gather around him. In this way, he had complete and utter control of his guns and ammunition in a way he could never have with children. So, yeah. So in 1995, Hamilton renewed his gun license and then would purchase four handguns and begin planning his deadly massacre. So, England had quite a stringent law, gun law, uh, gun laws in place anyway. But if you were part of like a gun club, it was really easy to get guns. Okay. So that's the way they did it. Yeah. So on the 12th of March, 1996, Thomas Hamilton visited at the home of his mother. So this is the day before he went to Dunblane. His mother, who knew of the rumors surrounding her son and his love of firearms, never believed Thomas could ever harm another person. So Thomas ate his dinner with his mother, he had a bath, and at 9.30pm he left his mother's house and travelled back to his own home. Twelve hours later he would begin what he believed was his retribution. So Eileen Harold, a part-time physical educator who was laying out equipment for the children, so this is now, she was just there in the morning, they were in PA, she was like laying out the equipment, she said, quote, the wee ones were always excited, I told them to stand spaced out throughout the gym. So Eileen was the first person hit by one of Hamilton's bullets. Harold said she turned around to ask Hamilton who he was when he walked in, and then she watched as he lifted a gun to her. Okay. Harold lifted, uh, terrifying, Harold lifted both of her arms in front of her face, and he shot twice, hitting her once in the arm and once in the breast. In complete shock, Harold stumbled towards the gymnasium storeroom, grabbing as many terrified and screaming children as she could and dragging oh. them into the room. Hamilton then turns towards teacher Gwen Mayer, shooting her several times, point blank. She died instantaneously. So Mary Black, who was another of the school's assistants, was shot in the head and leg, but somehow managed to crawl to safety with a number of the pupils. I don't know how she did. Aren't these people just amazing? Like, I, I don't, have don't the... Like, you've been shot and you... Yeah, and your, your immediate thing is, I need to save these kids. I need to get these kids to safety. And he's like... But he's already crying, Emma. I'm sorry. I know, I know. I'm sorry. So Hamilton began firing indiscriminately, hitting and wounding young children. Lads, just, this is horrific. It's just FYI. Some of the children hiding in the storeroom had also been hit and Mary and Eileen tried to console them. They listened as gunshots rang out in the gym. Amy Hutchinson, who was five years old and hiding in the gym room, storeroom, said, quote, we were skipping around. I don't remember the pain of being shot. I don't remember the noises. I don't remember sounds. I remember my leg turning to jelly and falling to the floor. She was five years old. Five. Five years old. 
Hamilton moved to the left corner of the gym and began firing again at the children who now lay injured on the floor. He then walked over, stood over 12 children and fired a point-blank range. So as the horrific carnage played on in the gym, a little boy who had been asked to grab a pair of scissors by Mrs. Black was walking back towards the gym and he looked through the window. And as he did, Hamilton spotted him and fired shots at the glass. The little boy was injured, but he was not murdered. So this was all happening in the gym. And could in the school, could they hear it? They, I'll tell you what happened here. Wait, you hear this. So teacher Kay Gordon, whose classroom was close to the gym, but it was one of those... Um, prefabs? We, yes, it was a prefab. She heard the shots and she knew. She ordered all of the pupils to lay on the ground. So Hamilton walked towards the prefab. He fired nine bullets at the classroom one of which passed through the back of a chair a child had been sitting on seconds previously. But she made them all lie on the ground. Miraculously, no one in Miss Gordon's class were injured. Not one of them was injured because of her being like, get on the ground. Hamilton then turned around and walked back to the gymnasium. In total, this man loaded and reloaded his weapons seven times. He fired, fired a total of 105 shots. He brought 730 rounds of ammo in the hopes of murdering all 700 pupils. As he stood in the gym, he reloaded one of the Browning pistols. However, he did not fire that again. So they think what happened is he was going to go back and start shooting again. But this time, instead, he placed the barrel of his Smith & Wesson into his mouth and pulled the trigger. One final shot rang out and Hamilton fell to the floor. He killed himself? Yep. In the space of 11 minutes, Thomas Hamilton had shot a total of 32 people 58 times. 16 people, 14 children and one adult were killed inside the gym and one child died on the way to Stirling Royal Infirmary. So the victims of this massacre will be named as Victoria Elizabeth Clysdale, who was five. Oh... Emma Elizabeth Crozier, who was five. Melissa Helen Curry, who was five. Charlotte Louise Dunn, who was five. Kevin Allen Hassel, who was five. Ross William Irvine, who was five. David Charles Kerr, who was five. Mary Isabel Macbeth, who was five. Brett McKinnon, who was six. Abigail Joanne McLennan, who was five. Emily Morton, who was five. Sophie Jane Lockwood North, who was five. John Petrie, who was five. Joanna Caroline Ross, who was five. Hannah Louise Scott, who was five, Megan Turner, who was five years old, and their teacher, Gwen Mayer, who was 45. So at 9.41, so this is 11 minutes later, so this all happened in 11 minutes, mm-hmm. the headmaster of Dunblane, Ronald Taylor, made a call to the police. He had been alerted by his assistant headmistress, Agnes Olson, that she believed there was a gunman in the school premises. So like the gym was at the very back of the school. She had heard screaming coming from the gym and what she believed to be bullet cartridges cartridges on the ground. Taylor had heard loud noises, the principal, but he presumed it was the builders next door because he had heard noises the day before. Mm. So as soon as she came down and told him that, he ran to the gym, hoping and praying that the noises were not, not, not what Agnes had told him they were. 
And when he reached the gym, he opened the door. So only 20 years after the massacre could Ronald Taylor speak of what he saw. In an interview with The Independent in 2020, I believe, he said, quote, It was unimaginably horrible to see children dying in front of you. I felt enormous guilt, more than a survivor's guilt. There was an incredible silence. The air was thick with smoke and there was a group of children, children standing. The first thing we were able to do was get them out of there. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Ronald, who had to help identify the bodies for the police, never returned to teaching. He said, quote, there was no way we could have adequately prepared for what happened, but I felt I should have been able to do more. And that guilt lives with me to this day. Yeah, you would have that. How would you fucking Jesus? So at 9.57, the police and ambulance services arrived. As paramedics and nurses, so people, nurses, obviously this got out. There was nurses just running in that lived in the area trying to save these children. So as paramedics and nurses began trying to resuscitate the victims who lay in pools of blood on the ground, the injured did were they know? So did they know that the shooter had been, was gone? Yeah, they saw him on the ground. Because he had stood in the middle and just shot himself in the head. And all these kids were just lying around and then all these other children who weren't dead or hadn't been injured were just walking around being like, what the fuck what is that? What do we do? So as news broke in the town of Dunblane of the horrific incident, terrified parents and family members rushed to the school gates of Dunblane. This broke my heart. So one senior police officer stood at the gates and told the people gathered that they were only looking to speak to family members of pupils in Gwen Mayer's class. Like imagine oh, being one of One by one, the parents were brought into the staff room of the school. They were asked to sit down and were told the fate of their young children. The parents of the wounded were spoken to first and then the parents of the deceased. The pain, tears and wailing could be heard around the school as the parents fell to their knees. Isabel Wilson, whose five-year-old daughter, Mary Wilson, was murdered by Hamilton, spoke of being told about her daughter's death. She said, we went into the room with a police officer and a social worker. He said my daughter was one of the casualties. I learned that he had two small daughters of his own and he couldn't bring himself to say my daughter was dead. Oh, God. Lynn McMaster, the mother of five-year-old victim Victoria Clydesdale, spoke to Lorraine Kelly in 2021, telling her, quote, I couldn't put anything of hers out. I'd feel as though I'm putting her out. I still have two 50 pence pieces and a bag of crisps for lunch from that day. Lynn, des Lynn described Dunblane as a ghost town after the massacre, that nobody wanted to be there. She herself moved. She brought all of Victoria's belongings, placing them in a suitcase she can open when she misses her only daughter. It was like her clothes, her toys, even her cutlery, her plate, her bowl, even her mug, everything of hers was packed. Now it's in a big giant suitcase and I decide to look at them, then that is my time that I spend with Victoria. So Colin McKinnon, whose son Brett was also murdered, spoke of attempting suicide in the days after he lost Brett. He said, quote, to go to the mortuary and have to identify your wee boy with bullet holes in his face. <sighs> That's going to change people forever. Something like that never leaves you. Eventually, I just had a complete breakdown and I tried to take my life. Luckily, it wasn't successful and I am here today. 
A medic who was first on the scene spoke of the horrors of the day never leaving him, even 25 years later, he said. It was quiet, really quiet. All I heard was a wee bit of whimpering. The children were spread around the gym and I started going to around to see who was alive and who was dead. On the right side was Gwen Mayer, the teacher, who had obviously passed away and two children by her side. To me, she looked like a mother hen trying to protect her chicks. The ones who were injured, they just laid there scared. The fear that was in their faces of the ones that had passed away will haunt me until I go up. So Gwen Mayer, the teacher who died protecting her pupils, her daughter spoke of her pride in her mother. She said, my mum went to work as a teacher and never came home. Her lipstick was still on her coffee cup. There was evidence she had been punched. One of the children said she had struggled with him and her defensive wounds showed that. She was standing in front of him. Yeah, she was standing in front of a man who had weapons and enough ammunition to kill a whole school. And she put up a fight. And I just think that says everything about her. I do think that she went with the children for a reason. And that's the only way I can get comfort from it. So the police theorised that Hamilton had actually planned his attack for the morning assembly, at which point nearly 700 students would have been present. But in a weird, fucked up twist of fate, there was traffic and it caused him to be late. So the assembly, the assembly was over and he went to the gym instead. So the massacre dominated the media with journalists and general public alike trying to understand why, how this had happened. Newspapers were printed with Hamilton's face taking up the cover and pictures of the slain children in their school day photographs on the outskirts of his fucking evil face. Like, I remember those pictures. I remember him and then the little pictures of them around the corners of the page. Yeah. So Hamilton's yeah. past was drag- dragged up. The instances of inappropriateness with little boys, the letters he sent over and over again asking for his good name to be restored, his distaste for the educators of Dunblane. Just days before the massacre, Hamilton mailed packages to television stations, which contained letters in which he stated that he was, quote, not a pervert. Realization hit that this grown man gunned down 15 children because he believed he had been wronged. Almost immediately, a rallying cry began in the United Kingdom to ban handguns. Although Britain had some of the most stringent gun laws in the world, the families of these children demanded more. An inquiry into the massacre began, and the outcome of this will be called the Cullen Reports. The reports recommended that an outright ban on all firearms for private use will be within the best interest of the country. School security changes were recommended, along with background checks for anyone who wished to purchase a gun. So this is from Wikipedia directly. The Home Affairs Select Committee agreed with the need for restrictions on gun ownership, but stated that a handgun ban was not appropriate. So bereaved families started a petition known as the Snowdrop Petition, in which they wanted to ban private gun ownerships and to keep guns for target practice kept under lock and key in clubs. In 1996, the petition, which had over 700,000 signatures, was submitted to Parliament. In 1997, the Firearms Parentheses Amendment Act 1997 was passed. Despite a bunch of rich, moany gun lovers trying to stop it, does it sound familiar? The mm-hmm. Act banned all cartridge ammunition handguns with the exception of 22 caliber single shot weapons in England. Banned, straight out banned. Scotland and Wales. Later that same year, Tony Blair's Labour government introduced the Firearms Parentheses Amendment, Parentheses Number 2 Act, 1997. 
then banning the 22 caliber single shot weapons as well. So everything was banned. So this is from Wikipedia verbatim. Evidence of previous... Okay, so this is... Everything got banned, basically. And then there was some, more, obviously, more investigations into this man because they were like, why the fuck did this happen? This makes no sense. Who is he? Why would he do this? So evidence of previous police interaction with Hamilton was presented to the Cullen Inquiry, but was later sealed under a closure order to prevent publication for 100 years. Why? The official reason for seal- the official reason for sealing the documents was to protect the identities of children, but this led to accusations of a cover-up intended to protect the reputation of officials. Following a review of the closure order by Lord Advocate Colin Boyd, edited versions of some of the documents were released to the public in 2005. Four files containing postmortems, medical records, and profiles on the victims, as well as Hamilton's postmortem remained sealed under the 100-year order to avoid distressing the relatives and survivors. The release documents revealed that in 1991, complaints against Hamilton were made to the Central Scotland Police and were investigated by the Child Protection Unit. He was reported to the Procurator Fiscal for consideration of 10 charges, including assault, obstructing police and contravention of the Children and Young Persons Act 1937, and no action was taken. None. So somebody did, somebody did go to the police and nothing was done. So in April 1996, the gymnasium in Dunblane Primary School was demish, de, sorry, demolished and a gardens of a memorial was erected. So where they had the gymnasium, they knocked it down, they put in a garden. Um, and there's little like stones around with the names of all the children and the names of the teacher that was killed as well. Um, so Jack Crozier, whose sister Emma was murdered in Dunblane, spoke to the media regarding the most recent school shootings in the United States. And obviously the school shootings are the, not, sorry, the shootings of the African-American people in that um, grocery store. He expressed his grief and pain towards the victims and the families and asked for gun laws to be implemented stringently in the United States. He said, quote, Kids are not willing to grow up like this and go to school in fear anymore. The kids in Parkland are now studying in universities and college, and they are the youth campaigners that can change things. The families in Uvalde have the support of every single family in Dunblane. The people of Dunblane stand with you. And that is the horrific and just disgustingly sad and horrible story of the Dunblane massacre. And I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I just There's so many comparisons to Uvalde. Uvalde, Uvalde has a population so of fifteen thousand people. Yeah, so um, many comparisons. Like small towns, small like, towns, small town. Um, yeah, and like, I, will, I will tell you this: I didn't know. There's parts of this that I didn't know because obviously it happened when I was really young. But I didn't know he went in with seven hundred rounds, planning on killing everybody in the school. I didn't I know that. that. He went in I, I had, had no idea. And when I read when I read that, I was like, what the... F-? Like, it's awful anyway, but it's just the fact that this man was like, I'm going to go in on assembly and murder everybody in the school. Yeah. Because um, people are calling me a pervert because I did perverted things. Yeah, because I am a pervert. Um, it just... You know, when I say it seems hopeless, it's like, this must have felt hopeless for people. But then the government stepped in and went, right, we have to do something. And we're going to implement these laws. And we don't care what these rich people think. We're implementing laws because they are murdering babies. They're murdering children in school. 
And this is happening daily in the United States. And they are just washing their hands in children's blood. Oh, you literally. And I can't, I can't get my head around it. I don't understand it at all. Like, it's horrific. Um, and Dunblane's not that long ago. And there's still the people, the mothers of these, fathers of these, of these slain children are still around. And they're still living and they're still existing. And like, you know, every time something like this happens, they come out and they talk and they say, we're here, we stand with you, you know, please try and do something. But nothing's been done. No, and that's the thing. It's like, how many times do you have to have, like 27 children died in Sandy Hook. 27, between the ages of six and nine years of age. Like 21 people, uh, 20 of them children between the age of nine and 11 in Uvalde. And the difference here, and the only difference is that in the United Kingdom, you don't, you cannot take money from an industry to get into power. No. Like there's not a lot of... No, and as soon as it's found out that you do, generally your ass is fired. You know what I mean? It's not you do. It's not even that you're fired. It's like the media absolutely turn against you, and anybody that votes for you, it's like I didn't realize that you were taking money. Yeah, Um, and don't get me wrong, there is corruption, and there are brown envelopes, and there, but there is no corrupt. Like I remember, I remember going to school the day after Dunmass happened. I remember my school had changed overnight like yeah. you used to because my grandmother worked in a school my grandmother was a cleaning yeah. lady you used to be able to access my school any like any point through the day you could just yeah. walk in the door where the receptionist was and the receptionist right. sat in a room so really anybody could have walked through the next day yeah. we had um and we always did so there was always a big cage around the front door but yeah. that was left open that was now locked and there was a, a, a doorbell on it. So you had yeah. to ring the doorbell and it'd come out. And it never, and I mean never, went back to the way it was. To the way it was. That's the thing. Like, it, 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 went to that school after me, my niece, and Leon and Jared, and the, the school was still locked up. If I showed up at the school and um, I, when you were picking up a kid, you couldn't get into the school and anyway, you'd stand yeah. outside. But yeah. I showed up at the school to pick Lily up or Nikita up outside of time, I had to ring a bell. My mom yeah. now works in the school that Lily's in. Like, you can't yeah. get into the school unless you're on the list to pick up yeah, some kid. You've got schools the same. It's like you fully verified. And, yeah, and like, that all happened then, like, literally the next day. We're talking about a country who's supposed to be the greatest country in the world, supposed to be the greatest superpower in the world, that literally there are, like, your five-year-old is getting up and going to school and they are never coming home. Yep. And they are, and even if that, if your five-year-old is getting up and going to school, they're being taught how to um, avoid getting shot at yep. five years old. And then there, it's so funny because I remember when the mask mandate came in and people were like, you're traumatizing our children. Honey, they're already traumatized. They're already they're traumatized. The mom is going to come in with a gun and blow them to pieces. They're already traumatized. Like, I just, and you know it's not good to sit here. You know that thing where people are like, you know, everybody talks about America. They're like, oh, school shootings. I'm like, this shit's not funny, man. This is not a joke. Like, these people don't want, like, most generally good, kind American people's, people do not want this. Like, oh. they don't want this. But there's that loud, annoying, 
rich few that do. And because it's America, that's all that matters. It matters how much money you have. And actually, that's the difference. I always think that's the difference between Europe and the United States. For us, classism is a massive thing. So if you have a lot of money, you're generally not liked. And you're generally being like, in what you were just saying about politicians there, when people find out that they've taken money to get into power, people are like, nope, because... Yeah. The idea of like, you've been given money, fuck you. That's what it is. But in the United States, money is all that matters. Money is the, the number one thing. So there is that difference. But uh, they need to fucking do something because this has just gone beyond insanity at this point. Like, I, I mean. I just, I don't, I don't know how these people in Dublin, like I just remember, I remember because like, I don't know how old was I in? I was nine. No, I was ten. Um, yeah. and I just remember, I remember being like, like, I remember being upset and I remember my mom being really upset and I remember being like, and I remember them being like, someone came in and shot kids in school and as a kid oh. being like, what? Like, why would they what? do that? Like, um, and the fact that it's just, that story is so heartbreaking, like, and like, these towns like Sandy Hook and Uvalde, they are the exact same. Like these exactly. entire communities have been eviscerated. Like yeah. their children have not came home. Like how how do you move on? How do you get up and move on from this? Like how do you wake up in the morning and go, oh well, now we just move on from this? Oh, how you can't? There's no possible way. Like sir, imagine if this happened in Ballyfermot. God forbid, touch all the wood I can find. But imagine if this happened in Legan or Ballyfermot. What would we do? Like, and that's that's the thing. These things are not a million miles away from us. These are happening in countries that are not that far from us. And it's like, what 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 would you do? Like, what the fuck? I just, dude. I know we do these. I do these stories all the time, and then I'm like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I think it's important to tell stories. I think there are people that, uh, like, not to think that we have like a big voice or a big audience, but there are people that probably definitely don't know this story and don't know that, like, oh, oh, it's happened and they dealt with it. It's happened and it never happened again. Yeah, it happened the same in Australia. It happened. A man went in and shot in a school in in Australia, and then gun laws were changed, like within. And it it is that thing where it's possible, but it's only possible if people don't stop shouting about it. And it's only yeah. possible. And I know that this, I know that this year has been, and last year has been, but it is that thing of like look for the helpers, right? Yeah. Like that famous, like yeah, look for the helpers. L- look but for the helpers. Know, you know, it's really hard. It's like. I always think of that picture. I don't know if you remember that picture when they banned assault weapons in Australia. There's that picture of the landmine with all the guns. Have you ever seen that picture? I've seen that picture a couple of times and I was just like, but even what happened in New Zealand when that bastard went in and shot up uh, the mosque and and shot Muslim people, Mm. like she literally the next day was like, they are banned. They are gone. We are not doing this. You know, and it's Uh, shit that that has to happen in order for these steps to be taken but well here's the thing it's shit that this has to happen for yeah but like they shouldn't have been on sale in the first place like there is no No. requirement like even I read an article today online and you know the argument of like people who were like were in the marines and they were like but people like the marine corps have them and this like guy from the marine corps came on and was like I have to go to school every two years and do full, like, out of my own pocket, a full two weeks 
of training yeah. to be able to have my license to have this weapon. Yeah. And the only way I can use this weapon is in like full military operations. Yeah. Like and you, I and they're buying these keep, things in Target. They're walking into a Target and buying one. I mean, me and Graham went to Walmart when we were in Florida and although like we didn't see any guns or anything for sale, like mm-hmm. I don't know if people are aware of this and I just found the whole thing fucking wild. But there was like a hunting section in like yeah. uh, Walmart and it had like uh like pressurized crossbows, machetes, like just on the shelf to pick up and bring to the tail. And I was like, in Dublin you have to go to a pre- a professional like hunting shop you have to have a license you have to give your full id and even in like littles and aldis you cannot buy knives like in the middle aisle you have to go and get and and you have to get give id yeah you have to give id to buy knives in tesco like i was like you have to give id to buy lighter fluid in tesco like like when you think about the disparity, like the difference between how we live and how the United States lives, it's just beyond. Like I can't fathom it. I can't understand it. But and I, I do think say, you're I'm right. Just... I think that. Go ahead. Go on. No, no. Go on. Go on. Go on. No, you know, I think you're right that the classism thing is like a really big part of it because Not you're just so right. Yeah. Like even in Ireland currently, there was a poll. So obviously, our national newspapers do polls constantly about our political, our politicians, and Sinn Fein are like the number. Like they are more popular than Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil combined. Um, and that's not for any other reason than they represent normal people yeah. in Irish and society it, it's not that we're nationalists yeah if Inigail and Fianna Fáil are seen as representing the rich that's, yeah they represent the stealing, rich and seen as stealing from the poor and giving to the rich that's that but Sinn yeah. Féin is the opposite and that is it it's got we Europe is massively steeped in classism and the idea of money and it's gauche to talk about money and you don't talk about money and you do like that's how we were raised money is not something you actively speak about whereas the United States of America is built on money it is built on money nothing else matters except how big your car is how big your pool is how much money you have and I'm not saying this for every person in the United States but I'm saying this is what your politicians think this is to them to them the American dream is stepping on the bodies of people to make it to the top that's their that's their idea of the American dream and that's currently what's going on with gun laws but I just want to say to everybody in the United States who is so fed up and sick of this shit I'm so sorry because I can't imagine as frustrating as it is for us to open google and see these headlines to live in a country where this is constantly happening and to have children and family members and being afraid to send your children to school or to walk into a fucking walmart you think you're going to get your head blown off i can't fathom it it makes no sense to me and i'm just very very sorry that this is going on and i just hope things get better but i don't know i don't know man Mm. it's hard to have hope sometimes it is hard to have hope sometimes, but like I think the only thing you can do is have hope. Like yeah. I had a whole conversation. I we had. I had a whole conversation this week with Jim in work, where he was like, um, "Good man, Jim," but he was giving <laughs> out about because Jim's of a certain age and he's of a certain demographic, yeah. And he was giving out about people talking about their salary, right? So he was like, "People shouldn't talk about their salary," and I was like, "Why?" Well, you told me Why should they? 
And it was a big fight this week where I was like, and I said to him outright, I was like, I just don't think you understand the demographic of individual that you're like managing. I was like, these people have more access to social justice than any other time in the world. Like, and they are young and they are organized and they want things to be fair and equitable. It is at the core of most of these people. And isn't that, for us, aren't we so lucky? And I'm not that amazing. old. But, like, I was amazing. aren't we so lucky that that's the current youth we have? And I think, and, even, like, Gen Z is only going to, uh, yeah, Gen Z is only going to even make that better because they know exact, exactly what they're entitled to. Like, they're fully aware, yeah. you know, and that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. I think it's fantastic. Um, and I know. And so, I think I was, I don't know if someone, Oh, you just said it there. Like that guy is right that those people that are those children that were in Sandy Hook that are now teenagers yep. that are now in college yep. are the people that are going to come out and and represent fighting for these causes. And so as much as this is an absolute and it's hard to have hope, there is hope. Like the these youth kids are, these kids are the hope, yeah. I just, yeah, the youth of today are, have access to all of this information that we didn't have. Like, no. we didn't have th- that availability. And there was this thing no. where, like, our parents... Oh, I'm getting a message, sorry. Where, oh, okay. you know, it's it's that thing of, like... So I do think there is hope. It is really hard to have it. And it's really hard to have it when you wake up and you see 21, like, 11-year-olds have been Our slaughtered time. for nothing other than nothing. going to school. Nothing. And there is no rhyme or reason as to why anybody would do this. And you are right. We had this reprieve during COVID where it was like, well, at least this isn't happening. But Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, but we were also like, it was a global pandemic and people were, a million people died in America. Um, So so it was a reprieve of of sorts. They lost all these people. Yeah. Yeah. They lost all these people. And then they opened the country back up and now they're murdering children. Yeah. So... I think um, you did a really good job. Yeah. That was a really Thank tough you. one. Um, it is really important because if if people band together and if the right people get into power in America, yeah. change Things can happen. Change. But can happen. right now, and I know we talked about it on Patreon, that's a really difficult place to sit and see and understand how that's going to happen because yeah. it is so polarized in America. Yeah. And it is like... Oh, you're a liberal? Oh, I'm a conservative. Yeah, conservative. And they're there is busy, no in between. Too busy, they're too busy slinging shit at each other to understand that while they're busy slinging shit at each other, their country is literally falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what can you do? Like, what, what we can't do anything. Do you know what I mean? But all we can do is tell stories of how these awful things happen and people stand up and a change is made. That's all you can do at this point. Yeah. Like, I think that's important, know? but... That. Collie, are you okay? He's <laughs> probably like there? crying. He's probably Collie. gone somewhere. Are you, gone? Oh, there <laughs> are you okay? He's gone. No, he's gone again. Um, I'm okay. He's all right, Grant. Sorry about that horrible story, Collie. What? Is the podcast still on? It's still on, but I just wanted to say sorry about that horrible story. Oh, it's okay. I think we're done now are we we're done now yeah, yeah we're gonna ha- we're, I'm gonna go get a bowl of crunchy nut cornflakes oh That's with like full do. fat cream milk 
no, semi. I'm getting the low fat milk, no full fat cream milk. I'll be dead. I'll be dead. Okay. Um, I'm going to go and pack my bag. Okay. Well, everybody have a lovely week after that horrific story. And um, we'll talk to you next week, and I'll see you tomorrow, Sergey. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye, Collie. Bye, Collie. People have to stay here until he's. Do we have to do anything, Colin? Yeah, Sergey never said happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, oh, sorry, happy Christmas. <laughs> I didn't see like happy Christmas episode, no, Colleen. We'll still say, so we need we need to catch. Happy Christmas and look for the helpers. Exactly. She said it's just a phase. Fermented with our father's gaze I caught the bride's bouquet Now I'm waiting in the chapel For a fresh coat of paint They say No, I'm not trying to be that bitch I'm just up here trying to make a difference Drinking for the nerve but I'm all fucked up And I'm worried about my hair and my makeup Makeup uh, I made me mad for a minute
see, no one get around. 